By faith alone can we become righteous. There is no sin now, no curse, no death, no devil, because Christ has done away with them. This fact is sure. There is nothing wrong with the fact. The defect lies in our lack of faith. Five hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called table talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and his promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. It's a special day today on Table Talk Radio. Today is our Reformation edition of Table Talk Radio. I'm Evan Gigline, Pastor Wolf from there. How are you doing today? Fine. Yourself? Good. It's a Reformation weekend, I believe. Uh, yeah, at least it will be when our show airs. <laughs> we've uh, we've got to kind of do a little uh, time machine action going on, um, but. Uh, uh, Pastor Ruffin, why don't you uh, just maybe in a, a half a minute or something explain what the Reformation is? Well, it was it was really the uncovery, recovery of the gospel, that the light of the gospel had been put under a bushel by scholastic theology and medieval theology. Uh, and the Lord gave to uh, the monk Martin Luther uh, the blessed opportunity to discover it again in the scriptures. Uh, and he did, and he preached it, and it... Um, uh, and that was the Reformation. So those that stood against the gospel condemned it and threw uh, Luther and his, his followers out of the church. And they started their own church uh, and went forward uh, preaching that gospel of the Lord Jesus, which is th- that by faith alone we are declared righteous by God uh, and are justified. That's right. So this edition of Table Talk Radio will center on the Reformation. Uh, and we'll do so by playing Name That Theologian. And then we're going to have a special guest at the end of this program um, I won't reveal who that is. It's a it's a secret, and we'll find out. And after that, well, if if it's a secret, why will people want to stay and and listen? Shouldn't you tell them who's coming so then they actually have the endurance uh, to stick a, with this it's program? It's a cliffhanger. You're like, ooh, I really wonder who that is. I think I'll I'll stick around and listen and find out who it is. Okay. Well, we should maybe indicate that his initials are M L. Oh. Well, okay. <laughs> In-studio guest, ML. If we have time, uh, we're going to play What's in Your Pastor's Library. We haven't done that for a while. But first, in this first segment, we're playing Table Talk Jeopardy. And, um, again, points are on the line. You know how important the points are on Table Talk Radio. So uh, we are, again, playing for points. And, the uh, points are like I've just I've lost my list of <laughs> my point jokes, but I remember one. The points are like the vow of chastity for the medieval popes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't matter. My my category for you for Table Talk Jeopardy is uh, confessional documents. All right. And for you, uh, events of the Reformation era. All right. Well, do you want to uh, I'll go, go first. first. Why, uh, confessional documents for 100, please, Evan. Okay. This is an easy one. This is a softball for you. So you just got to name the, the confessional document. And, of course, by this we mean the, the confessions of the Lutheran Church. Um, as as they are uh, collected in the Book of Concord, for maybe maybe for those who who don't know, but it says um, our churches also teach that men cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merits, or works, but are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith, 
when they believe that they are received into favor and that their sins are forgiven on account of Christ, who by his death made satisfaction for our sins. That is the beating heart of our Lutheran doctrine, the beating heart of the Scripture. In fact, the very beating heart of God himself. Uh, and it's contained there in Article 4 of the Augsburg Confession. So what is the Augsburg Confession? That is correct, bringing you yeah. 100 points. All right. Now, yep. Do you want me to have to guess if it's from the German or Latin translation? Do you want to? I think it's from the German. Is that right? Do you know? <laughs> Hold on, give me a sec. I forgot which one's which. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wait. that's for doubling your points. Uh, I'm reading out a tapper that's on the bottom. Which is that? I don't know. I can't ever remember. I'm sure I got it right. Let's double the points. No problem. All uh, right. 200 points for me already. We're going to check on that during the break and get back to our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> All nice. right. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, th- this is – we talked earlier about what the Reformation was all about, and, and this is uh, this is what it was about. How are how are people justified? How are men justified before God? And, of course, it's not uh, not by works – uh, Luther taught, but uh, rather by by faith alone. Yeah, you know, you read you read the scriptures and you read in the confessions, and you say, of course, of course. I mean, it's beautiful this teaching of justification. Of course, that's how it is. The crazy thing, uh, Evan, is that is that so many churches can't abide by it. They disagree with us on this doctrine of justification. In fact, the Council of Trent spends all these pages, pages anathematizing this doctrine, and, and the radical reformers on the other side go off because they involve, everyone wants to involve somehow human work or merit or effort or uh, uh, grace-infused and inspired works or something and mix that in with, with justification. But the Scriptures say no. It is Christ alone who saves, who justifies, who declares us righteous, and it comes completely as a free gift with no strings attached at all. That's kind of our, our sinful Adam to, to always want to be doing something, to, to find our righteousness in something that we do. And, and you're right, over, over history, all the, all the false teachings that creep up are also always the, something that we want to somehow always pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and take credit for what it is, um, which is why Luther said that we need to uh, daily drown the old Adam uh, in the waters of our baptism uh, and remembering our baptism. He said that the old Adam is a good swimmer, and that's uh, most certainly true. Yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, I'm going to take... Uh, what's your category for me again? I forgot. Uh, events of the Reformation. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to take events for the Reformation for 200, so I can be ahead of you in this first round. Okay, well, I actually don't have them numbered, so I'm just going <laughs> to... Whatever you pick. Thanks. <laughs> I get to... I, since you can't see my page here. Okay. Uh, mine are all the answers are all years. So, uh, th- this is the year that the Turks unsuccessfully lay siege to Vienna, and Luther publishes the Large and Small Catechism. Oh, um, this I is a tough to category. You. This is a tough category. Oh yeah, you're just k- killing time while you open up your. <laughs> I should <laughs> Reformation events timeline there. Um. Well, the thing is, I should know this anyway. Large small catechism. Um. <laughs> I don't know what is. Uh, the 16th century. Uh, yes, that's right. Could you be a little more specific? <laughs> I thought we were playing which which century. Name that. Ce- pick that century. No, yeah. no. Okay, I'm I'll, gonna... I'll give it to you if you get within three years. I'll, I'll say uh, 1522. Uh, no, 1529. 
1529. That's when the small catechisms were published. It's 1530 that the Augsburg Confession is published, so it's one year before that. That's okay. I'll, I'll edit it out later and, and make it that I got it right. <laughs> what is 1529? Uh, <laughs> oh, brother. Okay, so I missed that one. So I'm in the hole. No points for you! 200. Okay. All right, your turn then. Uh, let's take whatever my category is for 200, please. What do you mean whatever your category is? Confessional documents. Oh, yeah. Confessional documents for 200. I can't be expected to remember the category for a whole four <laughs> minutes, can I? Okay, here, here's, your, here's your quote. Which, which uh, confessional document does this come from? Just as little as a person who is physically dead can by his own powers prepare or accommodate himself to regain temporal life, so little can a man who is spiritually dead in sin prepare or address himself by his power and obtain spiritual and heavenly righteousness and life unless the Son of God has liberated him from the death of sin and made him alive. A beautiful teaching of original sin, that we're dead in trespasses and sins, and that we have to be made alive by the Word of God. Uh, it doesn't sound to me like Luther, so I'm going to take small called off the table. I'm also going to take uh, Augsburg Confession off the table uh, because we had it before, and it doesn't sound like that. It, it, so I, I'm going to th- I think... Uh, that it's going to be either the formula of Concord, the article on original sin, or the apology to the Augsburg Confession. Um, also on original sin. But the apology of the Augsburg Confession has just barely anything about original sin, so I'm going to say it comes from the formula of Concord. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. What is the formula of Concord? Okay. Well, you are right. This is from the Solid Declaration, Article 2 on free will. <laughs> man, oh, man. <laughs> Rocking and rolling here. Woo. All this right. This is my kind of category. And it's true. I mean, we have to be made alive by the grace of God. We start out as dead. We're born dead. And we have to be made alive. So this is a great... Um, a great teaching. All glory for this then goes to God, uh, who rescues us from death and gives us eternal life. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. I mean, our our own works in, in all ways uh, do nothing for us. So we're going to find no no favor in the eyes of God by our own uh, workings or doings. Um, but uh, th- this is kind of the, maybe the, the modern um, visible sign of this is is maybe this decision theology, Pastor Pastor Wolf Miller, that that we. Uh, ask Jesus into our heart, and then once once that we do that, then we're saved. Yeah, everyone wants to have to, to cooperate with God and get in, get in on a piece of the action of salvation, but uh, but the scriptures won't allow it. Uh, it's Christ alone who saves us, uh, who comes to us and rescues us from death. I mean, just as much as as Lazarus made a decision to come out of the grave. No, it was the Lord's word that gave him life. Lazarus come out, right. uh, and so it's the Lord's word that gives us life when He says, "Believe, and you will be saved." That's right, and uh, that's going to take us to the end already of, of segment Whoa. one. Uh, but we'll, we'll be right back with more Table Talk Radio after this, continuing uh, our Reformation edition of Table Talk Radio and playing Table Talk Jeopardy. Stay tuned, more Table Talk Radio after this.
Welcome back to the Reformation edition of Table Talk Radio. We are in the middle of our game, Table Talk Jeopardy. Hey, don't forget to check out... You are having your your tail whipped is what's happening, really. You're being pile-drived. Job 40, (laughs) verse 12. Look at every proud man and humble him. (laughs) Continuing our game of Table Talk Jeopardy. (laughs) Oh, man. This is just getting you ready for what's coming up, I'm sure, for seminarians. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Let's hit the next one of the category, which is dates. Or I, th- I think your category is is Evan's ultimate weakness, dates, uh, for for 100, then. Uh, okay. Um, here's some events. Ready? This is the year that Luther was excommunicated by the papal bull, Decet Romanum Pontificum. He also appears before the Diet of Worms and refuses to recant. And also, Philip Melanchthon publishes the first Lutheran dogmatic text, Loci Theologici. Uh, also, the Anabaptist Thomas Munzer begins preaching against infant baptism. Now I know I that, that one. Would, uh, that would give it away for I, you. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know the others, but that <laughs> that gives it away. <laughs> Um, I think I know this one. I think this is uh, 1521. That's right, Evan. That's right. Congratulations. I'm still not out of the red, though, because I decided to to go you know, to 200 the first one, so I'm still at negative 100. That's right. I'm sure the points don't matter. I'm sure they don't. If you don't. had any more jokes, we could tell one right now, but you're all out. I think I am. <laughs> all right. All right. Confessional documents. I'm ready for th- 300. Okay. That's fine. You don't care. You just want more points. I don't, I don't care. Just give me more I'm, points. Satisfy my endless lust for points. <laughs> Here it is. This is a powerful demonstration that the Pope is the real Antichrist, who has raised himself over uh, over and set himself against Christ. For the Pope will not permit Christians to be saved except by his own power, which amounts to nothing, since it is neither established nor commanded by God. This is actually what St. Paul calls exalting oneself over and against God. There are two places that that could be. It could be in the uh, Luther's small called articles where he does have a little article there on the Pope. Uh, but it doesn't sound like Luther. It sounds more like Melanchthon who wrote the what's often considered an appendix, but really it's its own document, the Treatise on the Power and Primacy of the Pope. Uh, and so I'm going to go for the and that and say, what is the treatise? And you are incorrect, my friend. Oh, man. <laughs> this was is, it small called? It is. It is. Oh. So that was for 300. And you have 300 total points. So 300 minus 300 is zero. I, I thought I had 400. I gave myself an extra 100 points on that first question. So, I'm, <laughs> so I was no. at 400. We, we forgot to look that up during the break. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. We, we'll, we'll just forget about it. Okay, so th- we have some explaining to do, uh, calling the Pope the Antichrist. Yeah, I mean, well, see, look, the Pope claims a couple of things. One, he claims to be the bishop over all the church. Uh, back in the medieval times, he also claimed to have the power of both swords, that is, the kingdom of the right hand, the church, and the kingdom of the left hand, temporal power and authority. But uh, that that claim has kind of waned lately, now that the Pope just has a little bitty country at Vatican. Uh but the third thing that they claim is that it's necessary to believe all this stuff to be saved, to be a Christian, to be part of the church. You have to submit to the Pope. Uh, 
we we were talking about when we had our special uh, Papal Bull uh, episode a couple a month or so ago, and and reading some of this stuff where the Pope claims to have uh, this authority to be the teacher of the Church, and that if you don't submit to this authority, uh, you you cannot be saved. And so uh, Luther and the reformers took a look at that and say, well, that's just it's just crazy. Of course you can't say that. I mean, even Paul says. Uh, if I or an angel from heaven were to preach to you a different gospel, let them be anathema. So surely a man would be anathema if they preach a different gospel. All right. Well, uh, you're at zero, and I'm ready for my next one. I'm going to take um, dates that Evan doesn't know for 300, please. Um, okay, let's see here. Ha-ha! This is the year that Philip Melanchthon died. Uh, that's such a known <laughs> event. Um, did he die before or after Luther? After. Remember, that's what caused all the trouble. Is that uh, Luther died, and then Melanchthon kind of he got cut loose and, and oh, that's went right, nutty. That's right. It's either the the, the late fifties or early sixties. Uh, are you gonna yeah. give me? The, are you gonna give me the the three year cushion again? Sure, <laughs> like the like the poll results, plus or minus three degrees. <laughs> okay, well with that comfort, I'll with ease say fifteen sixty one. Hey, fifteen sixty. Hey, that wasn't that wasn't too far off. No, not so bad at all. Ev- evidently, I know when Melanchthon died, but not when the small catechism was written. Uh yeah, it's embarrassing. <laughs> isn't it? The Lord has covered your shame. <laughs> I amazingly, points. I amazingly got smarter over that last break. Oh yeah, yo, did you <laughs> did you open up your Reformation timeline? Then? Is that what happened? Anyway, uh, moving that right along. You to plus plus two hundred. What's your score? Wow. Uh, well, it depends. We have a manuscript variant. I have one hundred, and you have zero. <laughs> we'll All have right. To sort well, it out. You better uh, get another crack at this then. Uh, all right, give me another confessional documents for. Uh, f- I'll skip four hundred. I will go to five hundred. The daily double. Ooh, uh oh. I am worried for you on this one. It's pretty tough, <laughs> but here it is. In accordance with the scriptures, therefore, we may maintain that the church, in the proper sense, is the assembly of the saints who truly believe the gospel of Christ and who have the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, we grant that the many hypocrites and evil men who are mangled with them in this life share an association with the outward marks, are members of the church according to this association in the outward marks, and therefore hold office in the church. When the sacraments are administered by unworthy men, this does not rob them of their efficacy, for they do not represent their own persons, persons, but the person of Christ, because the church's call, as Christ testifies, he who hears you hears me. Uh, yeah, why you got to tell me why this is a tricky one. Uh, this sounds an awful lot like the awful lot like the apology to the Augsburg Confession. Now it could be tricky if, for some reason, the formula was quoting the apology, but I don't think the formula has an article on the church. Uh, and so, if I remember right, so I think this has got to be the apology. What is the apology? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Why is this one so tricky? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> trying to throw me off, trying to make me overthink. <laughs> I didn't bite. How many? Po- I got five hundred points for that. 
Isaiah oh, five twenty one. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, though, how the <laughs> confessions describe the church, isn't it? I mean, it's just the simplicity of those who trust in the promise of the gospel. So that the Holy Spirit comes through the gospel, creates faith in the gospel. So wherever the gospel is, the word and sacraments, there you have the church and the, and the Lord's people in it. It's this beautiful kind of wonderful simplicity of, of where Jesus' voice is heard and believed. Uh, there's the church. Now, some people will say the church is wherever believers are, but the confessions are pretty clear to say, no, it's not just believers. It's, it's also what they believe in. So you just can't have a bunch of believers going out bowling and call it church. It's sheep who hear the voice of the good shepherd. So you've got to have the good shepherd there, Jesus, speaking his word, and then those people following and believing it. So beautiful picture of the church. That it is. We have a couple minutes left, so let's get going. Uh, uh, what, which, what are, what's remaining for me? I've gone. Oh, I don't two, even know. I, I just have a bunch of nonsense written down on the. I don't have okay, them categorized. I'll go. I'll go four hundred then, since you wouldn't know the difference if I've done it already. <laughs> That's right. Uh, let's see here. Um, Luther, Melanchthon, and Englishman Edward Fox and Robert Barnes agree to the Wittenberg Articles, which are rejected by the Zwinglians. Also, the Wittenberg Concord is signed, and also. John Calvin publishes Institutes of the Christian Religion. 1536. <laughs> what Amazing. Is, what is 1536? <laughs> yeah, that you know that is so stunning. Wow. This is open book jeopardy, I can tell. <laughs> That's right, 1536. <laughs> you, <laughs> oh, man. You know how far I'd be in the red if I, if I uh, didn't have the uh, timeline here in front of me? The Handy McCain edition of the Book of Concord. <laughs> well, that's all right. That takes me to 600. Uh, I'm 600 in the lead. it is. And uh, I, yeah. the only one remaining, we only have about a minute left, so I'll let you, if you get this, you win the game. I'll, I'll just say that. And, all right. Uh, and that leaves you with, with 400 here. Uh, further, we believe that in this Christian church we have the forgiveness of sins, which is granted through the holy sacraments and the absolution, as well through the comforting words of the entire gospel. Toward forgiveness is directed everything that is to be preached concerning the sacraments and, in short, the entire gospel and all the duties of Christianity. Forgiveness is needed constantly, for although God's grace has been won by Christ and holiness has been wrought by the Holy Spirit through God's word and the unity of the Christian church, yet because we are encumbered with our flesh, we are never without sin. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Everything in the Christian church is directed that we would have the forgiveness of sins. And, and that's, oh, that's, I mean, that's true. That's why Jesus has his church on earth. Uh, and that's Luther writing in the large catechism. Very uh, good. The third article of the creed. So what is the large catechism? Okay, so that that's takes you to answer. 900, and you uh, are in the lead then. But that's okay. We have more Table Talk Radio after this break. We're playing Name That Theologian, which is a, a place where I will gain some more points. So I'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio.
we're back to Table Talk Radio. Don't forget to visit our website, tabletalkradio.org. You know, uh, as much fun as it is to listen to uh, Patrick Wolfman and I make fun of each, each other, uh, you can also go to tabletalkradio.org and click the Table Scraps link, and there are additional interviews, which are slightly less entertaining, but uh, more in, more informative, <laughs> to say the, say the oh, least. Oh, boy, I can't wait to listen to those. <laughs> less entertaining than this. You can also watch Paint Dry. <laughs> go to the special forum page and watch paint dry. Oh, you could go to the forum page and join in uh, making fun of Evan uh, along with me. That's one of the great advantages. You know, I, I think uh, on the forum, one of our listeners was complaining that you didn't play any games with Jeff Schwartz when you interviewed him for Table Scraps. I know. I told him I was going to play Who's Your Favorite Table Talk radio host, but out of my great sympathy for you, Evan. Oh, okay. Go, go, to the, go to the forum and see how that really transpired. So, uh, tabletalkradio.org. <laughs> on the cutting edge of mockery. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're, we're ready for our game, Name That Theologian, and this is our special Reformation show. So we're doing Reformation theologians only. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm ready to – are you ready to, to hear your quotations, Pastor Wolfmiller? Yes, yes, I am. We judge it to be contrary to the Holy Scripture and the practice that the church said that God, in remitting guilt, also remits punishment – and does not commune it to the punishment through the temporal satisfactions imposed in part or in whole by the canons of the injunction of the priest. All right. Got it. <laughs> is there something else coming from this particular theologian? There is, but I was wondering if you could take a guess outright. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it sounds like Trent. It's, of course, uh, it's of course an anti-Lutheran um, theologian. What makes you think and that? And they're talking about... <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's talking about a penance, which is the which is satisfaction for temporal punishments, which are appointed by the canons and by the church. Uh, and they're defending that because Luther came up against it and and said it, you even had it in the Augsburg Four, which you quoted o- over that the satisfaction for our sin is made by Jesus on the cross, not by our uh, by our acts of penance. So this is a huge thing. What makes satisfaction for sins? Is it our own efforts and penance, or is it Jesus' death? And the and the Romanists will say it's Jesus' death. So it sounds like Trent, but it could be an earlier opponent of Luther. Like okay, Eck you're not getting points like for this. this so. You're not getting points for this. So here's your next quote: <laughs> We consider it an error to hold that souls in purgatory make no satisfaction for the punishments of sins from the guilt of which they have been absolved, but for which they have made no satisfaction. Likewise, it is not without error to say that God requires of one. Who is about to die? No other punishment than death. Okay. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is again the same sort of thing. Uh, you know, how, someone said that the whole Reformation was about the doctrine of repentance, what it means, and the Lutheran says to repent is to is to be sorry for your sin and to trust in Christ's forgiveness. But but the, but to hear and cling to the absolution isn't enough for the Romanists. There's also the the, the required satisfaction which follows. And that's what it's talking about there. You could be absolved, but then being purgatory, you still have to make satisfaction for the sins, even those that you, sins you were absolved of. Okay. All right, you got one more? The last quote is this. To say that indulgences do not bestow freedom is an error. Moreover, to say that indulgences are defective works and that a person is thus weaker because of them is the worst kind of error. So we believe that a person errs who says that one is bound to reject indulgences because the Lord says, on account of myself I abolish iniquities, and does not say, on account of money. Hmm, hmm. Read that last two lines again. Sure. 
Uh, so we believe that a person errs who says that one is bound to reject indulgences because the Lord says, On account of myself I abolish iniquities, and does not say on account of money. So in other words, a person that says uh, a person should reject indulgences um, is an error, according to this person, because uh, evidently this person was, um, the person that this theologian is refuting said that uh, we should reject indulgences because our Lord says, on account of myself, I abolish iniquities, not on account of money. Yeah, I, look, I might, I think this might be uh, John Eck, who came as the great opponent of Luther, in at least in Luther's early ministry, and he wrote against the stuff that Luther was writing about indulgences. Uh, it didn't. I didn't hear any anathemas or any of this sort of thing, so uh, I'm going to take back my former guess for Trent and say, and say Eck. Uh, how sh- on a scale from 1 to 10, how sure are you about this guess? <laughs> this is a, I, I'm not interested in any sort of internal religion. Are you testing my heart <laughs> to see if I'm sincere? <laughs> Am uh, I some we, sort of Puritan? We haven't decided how I, many points this is worth, so I thought maybe you, you could wager how many points you're willing. You have six, 900 <laughs> to wager. Uh, oh, come on. Well, you, I'll, put, uh, I'll say 450. 450. And for 450, you would be correct. John Eck is the theologian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 boy. Ooh. The Iron Preacher's on fire today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, hold on. I have a verse about that. Hold on. <laughs> You're pulling out Psalm all your Psalm 119, you rebuke the arrogant who are cursed, who stray from your commands. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Oh, good thing the points don't matter. <laughs> I, I I reject the idea that our points are meritorious in any sort of way. <laughs> That's good. Okay, All right. Well, I'm Here, ready for I'll, my theologian. All right. Now, I only have one. Uh, oh, I'll give you two quotes from this particular theologian who, and when we say Reformation theologian, understand this in the broad sense. This particular theologian teaches Reformation theology. Ready? Wait, wait, wait. Time out. What do you mean? Oh, you'll hear it. This is easy for you. This is free points. (laughs) Don't worry. All right, here's the first quote. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Well, I don't know who it is, but I like it. <laughs> all right, here's the, uh, here's the second quote. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king... The Lord of Hosts. Okay, <laughs> I'm ready for the third one. The third one. All right, hold on. Let me go and find one. I didn't. 
Get a third one. I thought you'd get it by now. All right, here's another one. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning <laughs> Judah and Jerusalem. <laughs> now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and the nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. Okay, now, <laughs> when you say Reformation theologians in the loose sense of the word. <laughs> okay, so I will wager. <laughs> I have How many six, do you have? I have 600 points to play with. Yeah, so right. I'm, I'm going to wager all of them and say it's Isaiah. Yeah, that's right, Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah the prophet. Now, we know, by the way, that the that the prophets preached justification. In fact, Paul tells us in Acts that all the prophets preached that forgiveness of sins, it comes through the name of Jesus. So that the prophetic word is... The, the theme of the Old Testament as well as the New is that we are justified or forgiven by faith in the death of the Messiah. So the the prophets as well as the old uh, as well as the apostles taught the the teaching of justification, and and there's a marvelous actually a point on this when Kimmich said uh, our opponents like to talk about tradition and we say fine let's talk about the tradition let's just start with the tradition of the prophets and the apostles, and if any other later tradition contradicts that scriptural tradition then it should be thrown out. Uh, that's a marvelous kind of argument. Wonderful to hear. Well, and you're right. It's Isaiah. Good. Well, uh, that takes me then to uh, 1,200 points, still just shy of your 1,350. Um, and uh, I think we're about out of time for this segment. Uh, good news no. good, good news for all of our listeners. You're three-quarters of the way through Table Talk Radio. Uh, <laughs> I don't get another chance to – one more? Uh, we're, we're out of time, though. I mean, the, the clock <laughs> doesn't right, lie. Right. The clock doesn't lie. That's right. That's all right. I'm sorry. It's a hard break, and we and we want to get to our guest who's coming up. Uh, our, our special, special guest, guest visiting. Yeah, and I think you don't want to go away during this commercial break of Table Talk Radio because this is a very special guest. See, I'm really pulling people in to want to stay and listen to who this is. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm. I think I might even stay, <laughs> which is unusual. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's hit a commercial break. And uh, we're right back with Table Talk Radio talking with our special guest. I studied canon law. All effort was a challenge. It was just to please my pa. Then came the storm, the lightning struck. I called upon St. Anne. I shaved my head. I took my vows in August in the end. No faithful fools, indulgences, and transubstantiation. Speak your mind against them and face excommunication. Fill your theses to the door that start a reformation. Faithful fools, indulgences, and transubstantiation. Hi, this is Todd Wilkin, host of Issues Etc. Table Talk Radio is my favorite Lutheran radio game show. Hi, this is Brian Wolfmuller, co-host of Table Talk Radio. Would you consider becoming one of the Table Talk Radio Radical Reformation Glee Club members? We're looking for three or four people to support us with $25 to $30 a year. We know that that's asking a lot, but the church consultants and word faith teachers tell us to think and plan big. If you'd like to support us, click the Donate Now button on just about every single page on our website, tabletalkradio.org.
the long-awaited Table Talk Radio segment where everyone's wondering, who is this special guest in, in studio for Table Talk Radio? Well, here it is. Uh, I'm not, Pastor Wolf, I'm not sure if you heard about this, but the scientists have actually perfected the art of building time machines. Oh, I didn't know that. No. And we have gone back to uh, the early 1500s, and I know that because of, of our earlier segment. Uh, it's it's a good it's a good thing we played that so I know what what date to set the time machine at. But uh, <laughs> went back and grabbed Martin Luther himself, uh, Doctor oh, Luther. Thank you for fun. joining us on Table Talk Radio. Oh, Luther, no welcome. <laughs> I love your table talks, by the way. They're my favorite. <laughs> well, uh, first, Doctor Luther, you must be so pleased uh, with us today because. As you look around, you drive around the, the streets of Fort Wayne, you see Lutheran churches everywhere. They're named after you. Uh, what, what an honor, huh, Dr. Luther? In the first place, I ask that men make no reference to my name. Let them call themselves Christians, not Lutherans. What is Luther? After all, the teaching is not mine. Neither was I crucified for anyone. St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 would not allow the Christians to call themselves Pauline or Petrine, but Christian. How then should I, poor, stinking, maggot fodder that I am, come to have men call the children of Christ by my wretched name? Not so, my dear friends. Let us abolish all party names and call ourselves Christians, after him whose teaching we hold. The papists deservedly have a party name, because they are not content with the teaching and name of Christ, but want to be papists as well. Let them be papists then, since the Pope is their master." I neither am nor want to be anyone's master. I hold, together with the universal church, that one universal teaching of Christ, who is our only master. Uh, see, look what I did. I brought, I brought him back from the 16th century and then made him mad. Oh. I know it. I, does he really stink that bad, too? <laughs> Luther, your English is fantastic, too. <laughs> we should simply make a note to say that the name Lutheran isn't it's not after the man Luther. Uh, no offense to you, Luther, but it is his, it is his teaching that it stands for, which is the teaching of Christ and the teaching of the Scriptures. So it doesn't stand for a man who was born and who dies, uh, but for the eternal uh, gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I don't want to make him mad again, so you better take the next question. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Luther, I, I have a question for you. A lot of theologians get off track because... Uh, they don't have a good doctrine of sin, of original sin. They they think that sin is a sickness or a weakness that we can overcome ourselves. What do you think about this? Can Is it possible that we could o- overcome our own sinfulness? That's a good question. Uh, sins are so great, in fact, that the whole world cannot make amends for a single sin. The greatness of the ransom Christ, the Son of God, indicates this. The vicious character of sin is brought out by the words, "...who gave himself for our sins." So vicious is sin that only the sacrifice of Christ could atone for sin. When we reflect that the one little word, sin, embraces the whole kingdom of Satan, and that it includes everything that is horrible, we have reason to tremble. But we are careless. We make light of sin. We think that by some little work or merit we can dismiss sin. And we know that you can't. Uh, Sin, you often spoke, uh, Dr. Luther, of sin and death and the devil all belonging together, and and that the devil would come and tempt Christians to despair and to unbelief. What what do you do personally when the devil comes to show you your sin? What do you say to the devil? I say, no, for I fly to Christ who gave himself for my sins. And accusing me of being a damnable sinner, you're cutting your own throat, Satan. You're reminding me of God's fatherly goodness towards me. 
that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In calling me a sinner, Satan, you really comfort me above measure. With such heavenly cunning, we are to meet the devil's craft and put from us the memory of sin. Very good. That's great. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed some of your writings uh, from, from this very topic, uh, Dr. Luther, especially when you say just that, that, um, that in calling Satan calling you a sinner, you, you give him comfort because it's for the sinner that Christ has went to the cross. And so uh, I, I especially like it in, in your other writings where you say when, when, when Satan accuses you of, of being a sinner, you confess that and a few more to add to it. Uh, so therefore, uh, you know that you can be comforted by the, by the cross of Christ, that Christ took on all sin uh, in our stead. Uh, Dr. Luther, um, I, I know from, from your other writings that uh, you talk about good works and that you say that uh, in faith all are good works and are pleasing to God. But how can I be absolutely sure that all my works are pleasing to God? This question shows that you still regard faith as a work among other works. <sighs> And do not set it above, above all works. It is the highest work because it blots out these everyday sins and still stands fast by never doubting that God is so favorably, favorably disposed towards you that he overlooks such everyday failures and offenses. Yes, even if a deadly sin should arise, which, however, never or rarely happens to those who live in faith and trust in God, nonetheless, faith always rises again and does not doubt that it is sin is already gone. Wow, that's good advice. Thank you, and thanks you for correcting uh, Seminary Gagline. In fact, I was wondering, uh, Evan, the radio clown Gagline, uh, uh, is <laughs> desires to be a theologian um, at the seminary there. I was wondering if you could give us some thoughts about about what it takes to be a theologian. The person who can rightly divide law and gospel has reason to thank God. He is a true theologian. I must confess that in times of temptation, I do not always know how to do it. To divide law and gospel means to place the gospel in heaven and to keep the law on earth. To call the righteousness of the gospel heavenly and the righteousness of the law earthly. To put as much difference between the righteousness of the gospel and that of the law as there is difference between day and night. If it is a question of faith or conscience, ignore the law entirely. If it is a question of works, then lift high the lantern of works and the righteousness of the law. If your conscience is oppressed with a sense of sin, talk to your conscience. Say, you are now groveling in the dirt. You are now a laboring ass. Go ahead and carry your burden. But why don't you mount up to heaven? The law cannot follow you. Leave the ass burdened with laws behind in the valley. But your conscience, let it ascend with Isaac into the mountain. I don't think Luther sees me very favorably, Pastor Wolfmuller. What do you think? <laughs> well, I tell you, the better that you do on this game, law and or gospel, the better off you'd be, right? That a true theologian is the person who rightly divides law and gospel. And here's something—Luther, this is simply marvelous what you've taught us here, because uh, because it's not simply a matter of of knowing the right and the wrong or this and that. I mean, we have to know all of this sort of stuff. But but the true theologian is the is the one who can come into the midst of this sinful kind of messed up life and all of this trouble and all of these things and can bring the proper medicine. Uh, the law, when when we need to know how to live before our neighbor and how to serve him in love, but the gospel, when it, when it comes to standing quorum Deo before God, and, and that the, the gospel there is the only thing that gives us the forgiveness of sins. Uh, I know that this theme, the forgiveness of sins, and, and this 
talk about righteousness uh, is one of the central themes of the scriptures and the central theme of of your teaching. So uh, maybe as a last question, answer this question. How does a person become righteous? By faith alone can we become righteous. For faith invests us with the sinlessness of Christ. The more fully we believe this, the fuller will be our joy. If you believe that sin, death, and the curse are void, why, they are null, zero. Whenever sin and death make you nervous, write it down as an illusion of the devil. There is no sin now, no curse, no death, no devil, because Christ has done away with them. This fact is sure. There is nothing wrong with the fact. The defect lies in our lack of faith. Oh, that's great advice. Great pastoral advice, that it's our, our faith that has the victory over these things, like John said in First John. Uh, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Uh, thank, that's right. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Luther, for being in studio with, uh, with <laughs> Seminary and Gig. What do you think about the seminary there? <laughs> it's, it's, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> It's got the name Luther. <laughs> That's all over the place. Yeah, what do you think of your statue out front? <laughs> well, uh, we want to thank uh, seminarian Jay Hobson for playing the role of Martin Luther there. Oh, it's and not really Luther? For... Oh. Yeah, so right. I better get him back to Wittenberg, so we, we better get going. Uh, but thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey, check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. I will post the citations of which uh, Luther uh, was speaking from here, uh, so you can look those up uh, yourself. Uh, Pastor Wolfmere, last word. Uh, yeah, it's uh, when we when we come to the Reformation this time of the year, October thirty first. We remember uh, that Luther uh, started this whole thing, this whole shebang off by posting the ninety five theses. And the first one is when our Lord Jesus Christ said, "Repent." He willed that the whole life of Christians be one of repentance. That is, that we turn away from our sin and and are sorry that we've broken God's law. But more importantly, we trust in His promise that all of our sins are forgiven. And it's by that promise of forgiveness that we have life and we have salvation. And so may God keep us all in that promise until he brings us to life eternal. Amen. See you again on Table Talk Radio. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message 866-851-5523 Be sure to check out our website tabletalkradio.org Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio